Hello, it's Tour Live. Happy Thursday, everyone. I'm John Gibbons, hosting this week. I'm joined in the studio by Gareth Roberts and Emma Sanders, and across the other side of Liverpool by Cam Rimmer, it is. And we're going to talk about Liverpool's fantastic performance last night. And, well, I say fantastic performance, you know, they had to dig deep, Gareth, uh, for, for periods of it, but they came through and second half looked a better team. And, yeah, we got to enjoy the last sort of 15 minutes just, just, just holding out and seeing it through. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing that stands out for me really is just the, the standard or the quality of the head and the heart of, of Liverpool, really. Um, you know, a lot of people would have watched the first half and, and, and panicked a little bit maybe and being like, you know, this is our big opportunity. This is our game in hand. We're not taking the opportunity. Ah, that kind of thing. And, you know, you did, yeah, you can talk about a fast start and, okay, we forced a few corners, but then Arsenal grew into it and we saw you know, why they're in the form they are. We saw that they're a good side. They caused Liverpool some problems without actually putting a shot on target. And as I say, I think lesser sides, lesser groups, may it may well have got to them. Whereas Liverpool were really calm about it. Liverpool backed themselves and then they started to cause Arsenal problems and, and obviously went on to win the game. And as you say, we could end up enjoying it almost by the end. But... When, when I talk about the head and the heart as well, I just think it was epitomised by Andy Robbo in that, you know, the way, the way he goes and wins wins that ball over on the left, you know, it was a lost cause and he goes over and does it and i seen, you know, Johnny Milburn comparing it to McMahon. Oh, I uh, watched it with him last night. He was banging on yeah, about yeah. it. I was like, come on the post-match fights if you want, yeah, mate. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and that, that was a moment that we all love where McMahon keeps it in, falls into the crowd, runs back, takes it on a fella, crosses it in, beards the, I think it's Aldo who eventually puts it in, isn't it? Um, but it, it was one of those moments where you've chased a lost cause and it's ended up leading to a goal. And you could see a conversation between Robbo and Klopp at the end where Robbo's pointing to his head. And I think he, he, I like to think he's saying, like, you know, I didn't give up boss type of thing do you know what I mean because <laughs> it, was, it was that type of day it was that type of performance massive win for Liverpool and you know when I watched City the other day I'm obviously looking for negatives and I'm a Liverpool fan and all the rest of it but I saw them having a go at each other I saw De Bruyne losing the shit a little bit and so I like to think that Liverpool are perhaps mentally stronger than City are and that's going to tell as the season goes on Do you enjoy yourself Cam? Yeah, yeah, it was alright. Yeah, no, I was there. <laughs> it was boss. It was easy getting up this morning, like you know what I mean. But oh no, it was brilliant. And then just like just thinking about it before, like when that second when it was just the relief. It was just unbelievable. And then Klopp coming over doing like you know the fist pumps, and I was just boss. As the guy for saying, then there's such a togetherness now in the squad, isn't there? Like you look at City, and you don't really get that vibe from them. It's just like a team of superstars, really. But all of us, it's like it's a team of superstars, but they're all just like a big gang of mates as well, aren't they? They're just going for and yeah it was just unbelievable with the feeling in the ground then did you you know with the first half when it's not necessarily going as it wanted to was the anxiety there or did you feel like listen the, the boys will sort it out if we get to half time they'll sort it and, and listen the quality of the bench helped as well didn't it yeah, in terms yeah. of how we all felt about it yeah i mean i'm not gonna lie like in the first half it was one of the more nervous of being the season but i think that's natural for this part of the season now it wasn't in terms of oh, i don't think, don't think the team's got in them but I think at first, I'm not going to lie, in the first half, I thought Arsenal, I just sussed a bit, but then it was just the quality came over in the second half. We all knew eventually what was going to happen, it was going to be fine. But uh, yeah, it was just, 
I've seen uh, seen Neil Atkinson at half-time then at the end of the game and he was a lot different compared to... <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? probably is in work, mate. Yeah. Work, you know, by hour. yeah, there was a few nervous faces on the concourse at half-time, like I'll put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, it needs to be remembered, Emma, that Arsenal are a good team. Uh, they're likely to finish fourth this season and, you know, back in the back in the day uh, when me and Robbo were young and handsome and, uh, and away, uh, away... He's still handsome, to be fair, but away at, um, away at Arsenal used to be... A, you know you take a draw you bite a hand off at a draw now you know every game's must win and that just sort of adds to the to the you know to the tension to, to what Cam's talking about about the nerves on, on concourses and things like that but the, the fact that the players are just able to rise above it and go I oh, must win Sam we'll just do it just speaks volumes for them yeah absolutely by the way happy birthday to Gibbo it's his birthday today uh, 21 for, oh yeah yeah um, <laughs> plus yeah. 19 yeah <laughs> Give or take. Um, yeah, no, it's you're right. The, the magnitude of a game against Arsenal, I think, you know, people forget sometimes how difficult it, it still is because because of the kind of the historic rivalry bet- between the clubs. Yes, at the end of the day, Liverpool's quality was what won the game. It was, I know Mikel Arteta said this afterwards, it was the moments in the two boxes. Liverpool were just better when it came to their chances. But just the general feeling around the game. It was it was a bit nervy. It was obviously a must win. It was a must win for both teams, but especially for Liverpool, given obviously the, what's at stake with the title. So um, I think just to kill that momentum, the fact that they rode almost that first half where arguably Arsenal played the best that they could play in this current moment. And Liverpool rode that and then just got those two goals, you know, two chances, two goals, that was it. And the game was done by the hour mark. And I think that shows... The difference now between this local side and perhaps one, you know, in in the past and even ones in in the early days of Klopp where they start to show the quality. They didn't have the maturity and and as Gareth mentioned earlier, perhaps the the mentality to be able to just see out those games with ease. And the fact that they've gone away to Arsenal and come away from a win, which was what was expected. And they've almost just gone, yep, job done, move on. And it's not, you know, the players haven't made out like it's a historic win. But to us as fans, if, if you're looking at that, like I say, even five, six years ago, that would have been one of the games of the season, you know, going to the Emirates and winning mm. 2-0. Um, now it's just, a, it's it's almost like it's another game. It's another win in a series of wins in a season where that's what needs to be done. Just win. Yeah. Do you look like they back each other, Gareth? I enjoyed, you know, Thiago having a bit of a laugh afterwards about, you know, oh, I, should, I should have been man of the match. I got two assists yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. And it just shows that they're able to feel like, do you know what, if I make a mistake... It's not the end of the world because A, it happens and B, we've got the best goalie in the world. And I, and I also saw Klopp after the game saying, yeah, it was a shit pass, but he doesn't need me to go and tell him. It's just, you know, he knows, do you know what I mean? And it's they trust each other, I think, as as adults, as men and as elite footballers. And, and that seems to be whoever's on the pitch as well. And it's not, the again, the you know going back to a few years where it was like, well, we've got eight or nine good players and then hopefully they're all fit and then we'll, we'll throw a couple more on and see how we got on. Now you're talking like 16, 17 elite players and whoever is on the pitch, they, they back each other to to almost deal with any situation. Yeah, the, 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 the spirit is second to none and, and the togetherness is second to none. And you can see that all the time. Um, it, it must be fun for them to go to work um, and any time that it's fun to go to work is a good thing and look you know they're, they're fighting at the very top they're fighting for every trophy and yet you know they're also relaxed they're doing interviews they're having a laugh they're, they're, they're laughing off the fact that you know like Thiago nearly teased them up for a goal um, and, and look you know you, you can see that as well I mean I, 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 one of the things I liked about the game early on 
was the fact, you know, you know, Arsenal were obviously up, the crowd was up, you could hear them, they were right behind the team, they fancied the chances and they were pressing as high and they were having a real good go and there was loads of energy about them. And Liverpool were just playing it round at the back, knocking it round, using the keeper. And, you know, the confidence to do that in such a big game. I mean, Klopp said himself, you know, if it had been me, I would have tried to hoof it. <laughs> Whereas, you know, Thiago's always thinking about football and trying to play football and he just made a mistake. But he was actually, I have to say, he was actually annoying me a little bit in the first half. I mean, I'm sure he would say Arsenal were blocking passing lanes and things like that. But... He was, he was playing it simple too often for me. And I was like, you're in the side to break down this kind of thing. And then, of course, he goes and does what he does. And you're like, mm. oh, OK, let you off now, mate. Uh, because he does find the pass that we that we needed to unlock Arsenal in the end. A shout for Bobby as well. I yeah. just thought he was absolutely magnificent when he came on. And, and he, he closed the door to Arsenal all of a sudden. You know, so obviously he scores the goal and he gets he gets the plaudits for that. But I thought defensively as well, he was absolutely brilliant. His intelligence, his running, his energy. It was exactly what Liverpool needed in that moment. And there's a talent thing for me on Monday Night Football where they were actually talking about Lukaku and you know, his facts and figures and obviously the famous seven touches in the game and all that kind of stuff. But he was talking about the amount he, he regularly runs. It's not a lot. Um, but top of the league for it was for me. Now, and I know people don't like that, but that energy, that will, that desire, every single time he's on the pitch, that's why the manager loves him. And it made a big difference last night. Yeah, uh, Sajad uh, in the comments here, he says, special mention to Bobby, what a player. So glad Klopp uh, made the changes earlier than usual. Uh, I don't know how close you were to getting a snog off Bobby, uh, Cam, but I'm sure you wanted to give him one in that moment. And he has come to the party there, like so many have, have done throughout the season at different times, different forwards, or even just different players have, have stepped up. You know, we've even had uh, old Divokarigi winners at Wolves and stuff roll, rolling back the years. And Bobby, we've not really seen him for a month. He's not sort of been about. I mean, obviously loves playing at Arsenal, but having the option, uh, like Sad just says there, to, to bring on two elite forwards early in the game as well. Klopp said afterwards, I did it for the energy, you know, and, and as Gareth says before, you know, he's, he's got plenty of it and, and he sort of puts himself about to be able to bring those two on, on about, I think they were readying them on 55, you know, able to come on and the fact that they're able to come on and make a big difference, you know, is, is such a gift for the manager. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine being Arsenal last night and seeing them two warming up and you're just like, oh, come on, <laughs> sort of thing. But again, it's a sign of champions, isn't it? The way all different players are coming in, they're coming to the fore. Like, you know, Fabinho, for example, is on near enough double figures for goals. Like, that's a defensive midfielder. But yeah, for me, you know, I'm glad he had his moment last night because, like, in our end, like, that seems to be like, it's always like one of the constant songs, even when he's not playing. Like, the Firmino song, do you know what I mean? It's just one of them and just made up for him. And I think that last night was just a sign of, like, he just he just wants to just get into the crowd, and in the lads who have um you know who hugged him and all that they've already updated the profile pictures on Facebook course, already. Yeah, you know, course, yeah. I was smashing the likes, but yeah, um, I've no, still got me in storage from after Madrid. <laughs> <laughs> but I uh, know oh, it was just boss, wasn't it? I think it was like I think like he needs that sort of moment as well because I think over like the last you know like throughout the season like all the other strikers have come to the fore, haven't they? And he hasn't really had that like moment as you said, like a regad is at Wolves and. You know, by all means, I'm happy with like any player, whoever is on the pitch, having one of these moments before the end of the season. Long may they keep running into our ends as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to, to have the men, uh, you know, all feeling confident going into this, which is the business end of the season. You know, Andy Robertson mentioned it after the game, didn't he? He says, I feel like, I think he used the word sprint finish now. 
Um, someone made the point to me when we were watching it that the fact that it's gone from ten games down to nine, that the fact that it's single figures in the in league games, you know, feels like something. You know, it does feel like you know we're in the home straight. We're, we're we're ready to go. We know this team can thrive in these conditions because they've done it before and they look determined to do it again. But the more players you have playing well and in form and you're able to rotate to bring them in and out, you know, for the relentlessness of the fixtures, the better. And, and Bobby's another one now. He's throwing his hand up and said, yeah, I'm ready, boss, for this for this time. Yeah, 100%. And when I saw the team come out before kickoff and obviously Salah was on the bench, which I wasn't surprised about in the slightest, like there was no part of me that was concerned about, you know, what, what Liverpool would look like without Mo Salah because I was like, well, there's Salah on the bench, there's Bobby on the bench. You've got, you start with Mane, Diaz, and it's like, come on, Josser, obviously. And it's like the, the the players that are now at Liverpool's disposal. And I, I can't really think of a player who's who's out of form at the moment. Like, yes, players will, will have dips during games and then have the odd, you know, game here and there that they're not at their best. But I don't think there is a a, a player in Liverpool's, you know, starting eleven for sure that's that's out of form. I mean, Henderson perhaps hasn't had his as his best season in recent months, but he's even him in the last couple of games, he's he's looked pretty good. So, yeah, it's I just think it's it's the the best time for all of the players to start hitting their peaks in a season, and and this is what you want. I know football's a bit different, but you you speak to like elite athletes from like other sports, you know, like athletics and stuff, and they almost peak their training for the moments that where they win stuff. So you know they'll they'll train for however long, two years, but they, they want to be in the ultimate shape for when that Olympic final comes around. And it's almost like in, in a Premier League season, ideally you want your players to be at their absolute best when you've got nine, 10 games to go in the season and you're in a title race. So it's almost like it's it's all starting to come together. And as you say, I think just looking at the table and just seeing you know, the games just go down and down and down, the fact that Liverpool know where they stand now, there's no games in hand, everyone's kind of on the same level pegging. And... It sounds simple. It's obviously not. But if Liverpool win every game between now and the end of the season, they've won the title. They know what the job is. And I think that makes such a big difference, just going into every game knowing this is what we have to do. Let's just go out and do it. We've talked a lot about the attack and talent, Gareth, but I think that axis of... um of the, of the goalie at the back who we have mentioned, uh, Virgil and Matip in front of them, and then, and then Fabinho. I thought Fabinho was excellent last night. And having those four, and I think Canati can come in you know, as, as well, but those four on the pitch as much as possible just gives you such solidity and, and just it, it's so impossible to, to almost to, to kind of break through and for all their good football and it was there and, and Martinelli's obviously dangerous mm. you know down the left hand side and things like that but when it when it was coming into the middle they were just dealing with it and even when they weren't dealing with it the keeper boxed it do you know what yeah. I mean and so you know you were talking about <laughs> being a Liverpool fan watching City, which was a lot of us on Monday and looking for pick holes. You know, if I'm a City fan looking at Liverpool at the moment, you, I think you're struggling. I don't think that's too biased because even when other teams are on top, you know, you must be thinking, yeah, but they're not, they're not creating any chances no. and they're one of the best teams in the league. Exactly that. I mean, you know, Arsenal, I think across the 90 minutes have managed two shots on target. Um, and, you know, they're at home, they're flying, they're a form team, they come out the traps, they've got the crowd behind them and, and Liverpool just deal with it. And, you know, I, 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 I think Matip for me is, the player of the season. I think um, Everton tends to come down his side uh, because people don't want to go one-on-one with Virgil for obvious reasons. Um, so they go they, they go for Matip, they go for Trent. And 
and Matip just deals with it time and time again. And he's so calm. He's so improved. And I loved the other day when, you know, Klopp was talking about him and he was asked a question about him and he almost looked like a proud dad the way he sort of <laughs> answered it. And and again, you just get the feeling that, you know, he's he's well-loved in the team, well-loved in the squad. And, and and all of that matters. You know, like, they all, they, all, they, all, they all graft for each other. And as I say, um, or as you said, the idea of finding what Liverpool's weakness is, well, I, I feel like they're all struggling. I mean, Neville mentioned, you know, going down Trent's side again. And okay, they did that. And Martinelli played well. And, you know, the, the run where he does Trent twice and, and Meg's hem though and all the rest of it was fantastic to watch, to be fair. Well, not really as a Liverpool fan, but you yeah, know what I mean? It was impressive. it was good football. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't result in anything, as you say. There's always someone there with the foot in to defend them really well. I think it's six clean sheets in the last eight. Um, and, and you know, once upon a time, we used to talk about clean sheets as being huge for winning league titles. And then we tried to forget about it when we had Brendan as manager. <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, now it's uh, now it's coming back into uh, form again and we all like it again. But now it's absolutely huge to, to be in form at both ends of the pitch at this time of the season. You know, City have got to be worried. There's no two ways about that. You know, the manager and the players are mentioning us all the time and we love that and we love to say that we're, you know, we're in their heads. But we are. You know, no side has ever won the league having been 14 points behind at any point. And yet here Liverpool are. You know, they've gone from way out in the odds to now about six to four. And and we were saying, a lot of us were saying on on these shows, we still got a chance, you know, yeah. it's not done, it's not over. And like I say, you know, I've said loads of times, national journalists who have paid a lot of money to analyse football were saying it was done, were saying that it was going to take, you know, Devon Lock proportions to see Liverpool come back in this race. Well, it's happened and here we are. Yeah, and isn't it fantastic? I know, I remember doing Five Live, I think it was, and the presenter group saying, yeah, it's done though, isn't it? And I was like, no, I don't no. think he does. I was having him on, but I believed it because because that's what this team is is capable of. And listen, Cam, we've got a Champions League draw on Friday. Someone's just mentioned it there. Uh, by the way, we'll be doing a live um, reaction to that. So Talking Reds Live, uh, which Gareth's uh, hosting, I'm trying to, trying to visualise the calendar in front of me. Uh, Gareth's doing the video, we'll be doing an audio reaction which will be recorded as well. So yeah, so we'll watch it tomorrow. So if you if you um, YouTube or more video inclined, yeah, there'll be a talk, the Talking Reds uh, a little bit later um, tomorrow and then, and then the audio reaction as well. But I'm sure you've dusted off your passport, Cam, and you're hoping for uh, to get on a plane and not from Liverpool to Manchester. Well, me bank accounts telling me just get an English team. <laughs> but, <laughs> Chelsea, you won't be able to go. Mate, you see, perfect, isn't it? Perfect. But um, nah, I think the one we were all saying coming home, uh, Villarreal, a few nights in Benidorm, just to uh, ease our way into the last few weeks of the season. But do you know what? It's it's past even the point of like, uh, like trying to avoid them, trying to avoid them. You've got to play everyone at some point. But I honestly, over two likes, I don't fear anyone at all. And a few people in the comments there saying about you know playing City three times, like three times in the bounce. And I think we'd get into their reds even more before that league game. Like, imagine if we got. Yeah, Adam Silver's head's going to explode. Do you know what I mean? With the amount of Liverpool that's going on for him already. Do you know if that was one of our players doing that post-match interview the other night? Honest to God, you'd be furious when you're like, why even bring them, bring them up? But yeah, honestly, just take any, like honestly, it's have anyone at all. Um, and also with the semi-final um, draw as well, made as well, isn't it? You find out who you can play in the semis as well. It's, just bring on anyone really, but yeah, Villarreal and Benidorm's my my option. 
<laughs> bring on the uh, international. I was going to say we've beat them already, um, <laughs> but you know we'll, we'll adapt the song as it comes uh, for the draw. Or, 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 or Jamie or Keo will write another one. Um, as I say, the, the draw. Um, do uh, make sure you check out our reaction um, tomorrow. Talking about uh, special and also the audio as well. And then after that, uh, in terms of after that in the week, uh, Liverpool travel to Forest. Uh, but we're going to talk about that um, straight away. If you're joining us on the live stream, if you're enjoying this as a podcast, uh, we've got a couple of inserts now. So uh, it was earlier in the week or, or later last week, I think it was later last week, Neil went to Anfield to speak to a couple of people about the Anfield Road developments and how that's getting on. So you're going to hear Neil do a couple of interviews on that. And then I spoke to uh, Anfield musician, uh, Chloe Noon as well, about everything that she's up to, a really exciting stuff she's been doing over the next six months and all of exciting plans over the next year as well. So you'll get a couple of inserts if you're on the podcast. If you're on the live feed, you'll come straight back and we'll be previewing Forest. Neil Atkinson with Andy Hughes around the Anfield Road Stadium build right now. Andy, buildings are pointless without people. And what struck me from the presentations that we've just watched is how important the apprenticeships are to Liverpool Football Club, the relationship with Red Neighbours and the involvement of young people in a project like this. Yeah, it's absolutely enormous. I think we've got 800 apprentice weeks uh, in the scheme and uh, we've launched the um, Young Ambassador Programme, so 15 uh, school children have kind of been involved, got to look around the site and, you know, choosing Buckingham, um, you know, part of that process was to ensure that they wanted to do something like that and they do it, done it on other builds and we're both working really well together to deliver those programmes. Those pro- there's obviously this short-term programme and there's one of the things built, one of the things that again came out of the presentation is the numbers of staff that will therefore be added to Liverpool's match day offering the potential for, for growth within Liverpool itself you know part of Liverpool nailing on their status as a super club is really important to the economic feeling of the area yeah no of course it is yeah and uh, you know we estimate there'll be an extra 400 match day jobs for the local community so which is really significant I mean we have over 2,000 working on a match day as is so um, yeah I'm really pleased that we can offer that employment to the local area. Also, again, as part of all of that then, there's the, the simple extension again of more people being able to watch this football team and this, this football club at the moment, but not just at the moment, but as a monumental sort of, I mean, literally as a monument, it's there, it's permanent for the for this ownership. It's three massive capital invested investments in, 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 in the football club and in the future of the club now. Yeah, no, it's absolutely enormous. Um, you know, across those three investments, uh, we'll have invested over 250 million in the long-term future of the club. And um, you know, it's it's very easy to always think short-term, but these are really long-term investments in the success of the club. So absolutely enormous. And I, I think getting above 60,000 yeah. capacity has been uh, really important for us. And um, as part of that, we're still here at Anfield, which. Uh, I think it's really, really impressive to be able to do that in Anfield. It was a really big decision made, that wasn't it, to stay at Anfield. And I still feel as though we talk a lot about sort of obviously on the pitch stuff, what the manager's done. It still felt like a massive moment to me that first game against Leicester when the, the additional main stand was in. It changed the acoustics. Now seven thousand more in the Anfield Road again. It is this idea that you know these people will make noise. These people will be behind <laughs> Liverpool. You know that's the exciting part of this. More people will be able to come and watch Liverpool. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think it was a really brave decision to stay here. It's never going to be simple. It's never going to be easy. But to now, when the, once this is completed, to get above 60,000, 
I just can't wait for that first match day uh, in summer 23. So. Are you looking forward to not looking forward to ramp up building sites all the time? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to watch the football. Just a last little thing on this is all this has been done to the backdrop of, let's be quite clear, quite significant sort of societal shift and economic shift. There's been obviously the impact of leaving the European Union. There's on top of that then there's been the pandemic. Liverpool have posted uh, some losses, nowhere near as bad as many other teams uh, recently. But this has remained on track, hasn't it, all the way through? It has, yeah. And we, uh, you know, the pandemic struck before we completed the training ground. So it's been a really complicated period. Uh, we did actually delay this bill 12 months, if you remember, yep. but that was in the planning stages. And uh, I think that was the right decision to just give us time for everything to settle down. But it's made everything more difficult, more complicated. But, you know, I think that's true for everybody and everything uh, these days. But we're on track. Uh, we've got a good plan and really happy with where we've got to. And when we mention those slight operating losses, they, I say slight, it's obviously a huge amount of money. But in the grand scheme of the future of this football club, it's exactly this sort of development that'll offset, you know, in many years to come and, and ensure the club can remain successful on and off the pitch. Yeah, no, it all helps. Um, but I, I look, when you look at those losses, you really have to look at both financial years. So it was an odd period with yeah. the season slipping across. And we uh, moved a month in a county period to the uh, league. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So, so across the two periods, we lost around about £50 million, pounds, uh, which is a significant sum of money. But as you say, it's a lot less than many other clubs. So, you know, we're relatively pleased with the outcome, but you know, I don't want to dismiss the significance of a £50 million pound loss over that period but yes this all helps and I think we're in a strong position before we went into the pandemic and I think we've come out of it in a strong position so that's good news. Neil Atkinson joined by Colin Roddy from Buckingham Group who is overseeing this build and the first thing I'll say Colin is you're building something your job here is to build something that gets to make 7,000 people very very happy 19 times minimum a season is this exciting? Yeah it's a fabulous project to be involved in I mean Liverpool are one of the most famous football clubs in the world and by extension Anfield of course is one of the most famous city in the world so yeah no it's brilliant on the project. You've discussed in the little presentation bit really the complexities around this because the key thing is in an ideal world you get them to close the ground come back in two years it'll all be sorted out and it'll be really really smooth but that's not the, the world you live in because it's an active stadium all the time just to go into that you know just a simple thing like how many times have you had to relay the roads outside the Anfield road end so far? Yeah, at the minute we've we've probably relayed it approximately fifteen times. At the <laughs> yeah, um, I'm not sure our commercial guys would have priced it <laughs> so often, but uh, ho hum. Yeah, but it's it's complex, but it's also a, it's it's a challenge. But again, that's what we're here for, isn't it? It is. It is the the wider project from the point at which you come on board. It's, it's worth saying that you still feel it's on track for a completion date for the start of the 2023-2024 season. And that's been with the high winds, as we've just suddenly got a gust of here. It's with the with, with all the storm work. Are, are you really pleased with how it's going so far? Yeah, look, I have to congratulate the subcontractors on the project. You know, whilst I might sit on top, it, it is a team we have. And the subcontractors are vital to that. And the fact that they've also bought in and not grumble too much about the intermittent breaks and production of having to work around fixtures etc has been it's been really refreshing to see how they've embraced it all so uh, the other thing is as part of this you've been working with some young people who've acted as ambassadors for the for the uh, the build from a, from a Liverpool point of view is that, is that being exciting and is that the sort of work that Buckingham like to do yeah I think it's something the, the industry itself um, neglected for a long time 
and uh, maybe the softening of the industry with you know more females coming into it has highlighted the fact that we need to embrace you know CSR is something that we as a company are really really you know championing uh, within all our sectors and you know, it's just lovely we see kids coming into a, into a building of a stadium you know, they're, you know, and it's it might seem strange, but you know, see the kids getting happy, it kind of makes your day as well. You know, is that part of again working with Liverpool because Liverpool have been big on the on the, on the corporate social responsibility stuff around this. Is it being a good exchange of ideas the way you want to work on that, the way they want to work on that? Is the stuff that you're going to take away that you hope they're going to take away? Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you, if you if you don't learn every day, then what's the point of getting out of bed in the morning? You know, and, and you know, none of us know everything. But we might portray ourselves as experts. We're, we're really only learning, aren't we? And especially in the CSR side of things, Liverpool would be. They have a lovely team that work with it. And in fairness, so do Buckingham's. So we have a full department that liaises with the Liverpool team, and then they they discuss it with me. And as long as it doesn't, you know, affect, you know, the works on that day then, you know, the site's open to the children and every other young ambassador that wants to come and see it. Excellent stuff. So, in terms of what people are going to see as they come to the ground, you've got a lovely run now, no game until April the 2nd, then there's intermittent games until May, then there's the summer break, and then there's the World Cup, has all of that being factored into this build? Yeah, absolutely. Um, some of those are advantageous to us, yep. uh, like the summer period, uh, the Qatar World Cup also, but then the fixture list is obviously a negative part of it. So, we would hope um, as I mentioned in the presentation, we would hope that when the fans come back for the first game in August, they're going to see a big, you know, a big difference in the stadium, and they'll, they'll see the perspective of, you know, the height of it and the steel of the grandstand, and some seating elements should also be in by that stage. Excellent stuff indeed. Thank you very much, Colin. The Anfield Rap Live shows are back. Last week we were in Brighton. Thanks so much to everyone who came down. Obviously the Brighton Cop for helping us organise it. And yeah, everyone who came down who still laughed at our jokes, who enjoyed themselves. And yeah, it was a fantastic celebration of Liverpool Football Club. And we've got a little taste for it now. And we remember what we're doing. And so we are off to the Emerald Isle next weekend. So international weekend. We are at Belfast on Friday, Dublin on Saturday and Cork on Sunday. There are still a few tickets left. So do come and see us. It's a bit of a riot. It always is over in Ireland, to be honest with you, but we've been too long without it, so we're going to certainly enjoy ourselves on stage as well. I say stage, it'll be off it, it'll be in amongst it, and it'll all be fun all together. So if you want to get tickets, it's theamphiorap.com forward slash TAW live. That's theamphiorap.com dot com forward slash TAW live we'd love to see you all there we'd love to sell out all the venues and yeah we'd love to have a big party over in Ireland it's been too long mates up the reds and it's John Gibbons for Toyland I'd like to be joined over Zoom uh, by Liverpool musician artist singer Chloe New Chloe thanks so much for coming on the Anfield Rap thanks for having me um, so Chloe you're from Anfield um, tell us a little bit more about, about how you got into music and your, your journey to where you are now um honestly I wish there was like a more interesting story like you know like I picked up a guitar at three and started playing Bob Dylan songs by four but it wasn't like that um, I've I always loved singing like my dad's dad's a singer so I've been surrounded by it like most of my life and then I, I love doing like school plays and stuff and then I've done a bit of musical theatre and that but I never ever thought I'd be writing my own songs I think that only started to emerge when I was in college and you know I was under the influence that I can actually write my own songs and then you know I started learning a bit of guitar enough to get me writing and then yeah it kind of just went from there to be honest. Yeah and from there to now releasing your brand new single on, on Modern Sky, the little label Modern Sky, they're absolutely flying. 
at the moment. So I've got uh, yeah, yeah. albums at the top of the chart. So you must okay. be really, you must be really pleased to have their backing at the moment. Yeah, yeah, it's really exciting and the the really great the really great um, record label. I'm glad to be working with them. It's been really exciting. Have you been inspired by the recent success in the city? Because both the single and album charts have been you know full of, of musicians in Liverpool. You know, making a mark. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like, there's so much like talent in the city, and it's like overflowing at the minute. Like, it's it's brilliant, and I'm really proud to be a part of it. And I'm very new to the whole Liverpool music scene, of course, and it's it's just really exciting. Like, I I didn't ever think I'd be in it this this much and be yeah. in it like this quickly. Like, it was only the past year and a bit that I found out about like uh, local labels found out about like local artists that are doing really well at the minute because you know i, I had no idea do you know what i mean like yeah. I, I when i when i was in college i was like immersed in that so i was only ever i could only ever see as far as college i didn't really like step outside and go, go into the city and see gigs or nothing like that so i'm really i'm really glad at the minute and like i've met so many amazing people that have helped me bring my art forward and stuff like that so yeah it's, it's brilliant really really love it so if you found people supportive then within the city in terms of helping you develop and helping you get to where you are now and hopefully obviously even further yeah 100 percent. i don't think i'd like be where i am now without like the people who have met in the city and the people who've been helping me and my friends in the city so yeah i've got to ask you about working with young blood uh yeah. I, know I know you're a big fan uh, that must have been a cool experience tell us a little bit more about that it was um honestly still hasn't settled in to be honest. It was like I, I like I said I, I just just got out of college and I was thinking right how am I gonna do this on my own what what's the next step because there's like there's so many like you know hidden things and how to like you know make it and how to like like start your own your music journey and stuff like that and um you know I had like tools from college and stuff but I was just trying to figure out how to put it into my craft and how to you know, like get the ball rolling, and then like me and my sister were in my room. This when I still, um, I was still in Anfield uh, when I was living with my mom. I live on my own now, but um, when I was living with my mom, my sister was like, "Oh, Youngblood posted this um, TikTok duet thing," and I was like, "Yeah," and she was like, "It's like you can write your own verse to his his song parents," and I was like, "Oh yeah." She was like, "Just give it a go," and I was like, oh, "I don't know, I don't know. It's probably not gonna do anything. It's not gonna go anywhere. I don't know." And it was like early hours in the morning and I just wrote my own verse and then I woke up and it like blew up and I was like oh no way and then he duetted it and I, I thought that was the extent of it all I was like no way he's seeing my verse he seemed to really like it that, that's great so it gave me like that confidence boost to start like posting more singing videos and stuff and then four weeks later he was like I want to re-release the, the song he, he, he surprised me and FaceTime called me and I was you know, absolutely flabbergasted I couldn't <laughs> couldn't believe it it was it was absolutely surreal like nothing like that's ever happened to me before do you know what I mean and then went to Park Street recorded it and then about a week later the song came out and the the love and support and you know all the attention that I got from it was like overwhelming it was brilliant like I had a feature on the little echo and stuff like that and my family was so proud and stuff and like it was just amazing and I'm so grateful for that opportunity because it's you know, it's really catapulted me into where I am now and put me in contact with so many talented individuals, so many amazing people to help my, you know, dream come true at the end of the day, so. Yeah, it's, it's an incredible story and it feels like, you know, one that 
wouldn't necessarily have been possible even just a few years ago because it, it's, I mean. it's, it's, modern. it's modern technology and it's yeah. obviously fair play to him for reaching out to you know his audience and, and trying to find kind of you know exciting and new artists and, and talents as well but it just shows that you know you talked about you know learning in college about the tools and it's I guess it's for any emerging singer or anything really it's about seeing those opportunities and thinking yeah. oh, I'll, I'll throw myself forward and see what happens yeah that's what I mean it was like it, the way it, it all happened because of social media it all happened because of like a TikTok duet's just insane it just shows the power it has over the, in the industry at the minute it, it's madness but yeah it was it was so much fun I feel like people were a bit confused when I when I released my debut single Come When You're Sober because obviously Youngblood um, like a pop punk artist like a rock yeah. artist and um, my although my verse on his track was more spoken word than like you know pop punk Mm. Um, I feel like when I started releasing like the music that I make, which is more like pop singer songwriter, people were probably a bit like, I'm gone. But like, you know, um, so many of his fandom have like stuck with me and supported me and I'm really, really grateful for that. So, yeah. No, it's, an, it's an incredible story. Um, so in terms of goals for this year then, I mean, you know, I, I mean, I guess your, your career is involved, but if the things can come out of nowhere, so expect you're expected. But <laughs> gen, generally speaking, like, have you set yourself any goals for things you, you'd like to do this year? Honestly, just releasing more um songs writing more songs collaborating with more people um obviously i've just released um, my second single no wings which is doing really well at the minute received yeah. a lot of love and then i have my debut show in the casimir stock room on the 17th of april which i'm really looking forward to i'm terrified but i'm really looking forward <laughs> to it. so yeah honestly this year is just about you know progressing and moving forward and trying to do more things because um, I, I feel like the the, the the past two singles like took a lot of like you know time and like yeah. it's been really nerve-wracking I feel like now that I'm kind of getting in the groove of things hopefully it'll be able to run a lot more smoothly because I, I never released anything before um, the Youngblood track so like I'd, I'd release things on Spotify in college and stuff for like yeah. um, like band projects and that but I'd never really done anything to that extent from you so uh, it was a bit daunting at first and it was it was a bit scary but now I feel like I kind of you know I've got me the game face on and I kind of know what I'm doing <laughs> and where I'm going now so yeah I'm really excited for the years to come I think it's going to be great Oh no it sounds really excited in terms of developing as, as a live actor as well have you thoughts about that because obviously it's 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 a bit different now in terms of you know traditionally you know you you, you play play live with your gigs and then maybe you know kind of get signed and then you'd be nervous about going to a record studio where there's lots of modern artists now or younger artists will develop as, as a recorded artist and then sort of the other way around so for you have you thought about how are you going to transform what you do as live and have you got your tricks under your sleeve oh honest, i wish i was that exciting but uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, i'm i'm a really I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you i'm a really nervous performer like um and I'm, I'm really nervous for my debut show but i'm also excited because i've never like when i've performed in college and stuff it's always been songs that have been given to um the band and myself like songs that we've had to you know emulate and like perform in, in within them walls that the song's been given to us but now that i'm going to be doing my own um songs i feel like there's a lot more flexibility and you know i'm just hoping that uh, I won't be as nervous because you know the the what I've wrote, so I can go about it how I like. And yeah, it it it's it's really nerve wracking. It you know it's it's got to be like showing what you've been working on to like yeah. strangers. But you know, um, yeah, I'm just I'm I'm looking forward to it. And I 
I'm very, very excited. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. And really never thought I'd be in this position. Never thought I'd be on a podcast. <laughs> thought I'd be doing, doing any of this. So it's mad. Like, so stop me if I'm waffling. But, yeah. No, I mean, so your, 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 your futures is coming out of it. You love for what you do. And yeah, just, just keep enjoying it. Keep going. And keep grab those opportunities when they come. Chloe, uh, thanks so much for coming on. I think again, 70 people in the category stop me if you can't get there and bounce if it's on sale now. Uh, if people can't go listen around the world, Chloe, where can they find your music online? Uh, anyway, on any streaming platform, you can find links to this all in my um, social media bios, and then I also have a YouTube channel as well. So, yeah. Great, great. No excuses. Chloe, thanks so much. Lovely to speak to you. Thank you so much. Forest then, Emma. Um, it's a bit of an old school tie. Um, I'm an old school man now. I'm 40. Um, how would you be approaching it from a, from a Liverpool point of view? It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because he's rotated a lot in the Cups and listen, he's done well from it. Where We've got a shiny one already this season, but there is that international break as, as, as well, which, which means he can maybe play a couple of the players who who aren't necessarily going to be sort of travelling a lot. I'm thinking about someone like a Joel Matip, who, who doesn't go away with Cameroon. Also, Mo and, and Bobby didn't get many minutes, um, you know, in the week. So there's options to start them. But there's obviously his, his dream team of uh, Taki and Origi that's done him pretty, pretty well. And How would you be approaching it and how strong do you think he'll go? Yeah, well, firstly, like there's a bit of personal interest in this for me because uh, my family is sort of living Nottingham Way, so brother-in-law's a season ticket holder at Forest, so a uh, bit of a local kind of derby there. Um, yeah, no, I think I, th- I think some of the names you've mentioned, the likes of Taki Narigi, they'll probably be expected to come on, if not start. I think Taki might start. Um, I think he'll start with Bobby, um, and it wouldn't surprise me if if, if Mo maybe um, gets an hour. Um, so, yeah, I... I think I think it'll be a strong team. I think he has to approach it strongly because Forest are in a fantastic moment. Um, their their form has been brilliant in the championship. Yeah, what again last night, didn't they? Yeah, so they're they're yeah they're absolutely flying at the moment, and uh, and Cooper's done a brilliant job since he's come in. So um, they've already beaten two Premier League teams already in the cup, Arsenal, Leicester City, I think it was. So um, yeah, a really really tough game for Liverpool, and obviously you know the history around both clubs in this competition is is you know is pretty self-explanatory. So I think he has to go strong. Um, and I think he should because, you know, we, we've been talking about the squad depth and how everyone's in form, everyone's fit. So why not go for all the competitions? Absolutely, 100%. Play, your, you know, not necessarily your strongest 11, but play play a team that's, that's strong enough and capable enough of beating them. And if not, have players on the bench that can come on and turn it into the strongest 11. Yeah, they've got a proud history, uh, Gareth, a European Cup, and there's plenty of clubs around, not around here who can't say that, yeah. um, but they have they have got one, and they're going to be bang up for this. You know, I mean, Liverpool is a step up of, of, of who they've played this season, both in the Liga and in the Cup, but as Emma says, they couldn't be going into this in better form, you know, in a better feeling, sort of in, internally, really, but I just think whoever Liverpool pick, you know, we, we could talk about five changes, we could talk about eight changes, we could talk about ten, but the players you're still bringing in are, real, are still real top quality. Yeah, I mean, Forest, Forest are a good side, uh, unbeaten since the end of January, going for the playoff spots. Uh, QPR, you mentioned the, the, the beat on Wednesday night, um, above them in the league. I think they were sixth and Forest are currently eighth. And they actually 1-0 down. Um, and then they get to equaliser to three, Belton. Oh, it's an absolute storm. And it's that lad, <laughs> he must have done right it back. again because they're all shouting shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's the right back, isn't it? Who's on loan from Middlesbrough, who, who look, who's looked really impressive in the FA Cup games that I've watched when, when they've been on the telly. And look, it's going to be rocking there as well. I mean, you mentioned the European Cups that they won. And, and there is this history between the sides. And, you know, they knocked us out the European Cup when we held it. They beat us in a League Cup final. Uh, they beat us in another League Cup semi. And, you know, there's, there's 
there's there's old beef there, isn't yeah. there? And also as well, I mean, you know, I, I've known some forest lads from at uni and stuff, and they they they've got that thing where, you know, because of the European Cups and because of what Brian Clough did there, they think they belong in the Premier League, and they, they you know they, they don't expect to be knocking around below that, and they've been waiting for their time, and it's been been 23 years since they last played Liverpool which is absolutely wild I mean I can remember them being in the Premier League yeah. Um, but yeah 23 years the last game was 1999 and of course the, you know Emma, Emma touched on it there as well the last time we played them in the FA Cup was Hillsborough um, so there's that as well I, I believe there is stuff uh, ideas of, of fans meeting up and survivors meeting up and yeah. things like that which is a good thing and you would expect that and it's you know it's, it's worth saying that you know for Every club's got some blurts, but every club has got good people and, and Forrest has got some good people and some of their fans have made the efforts over the years to talk about Hills, we'll talk about their experience of it. Um, so, that, you know, there'll be a, a tinge of sadness there as well. But it's a big, big game and the reason it's on the telly six o'clock on a Sunday on ITV is that TV executive somewhere has gone, oh, hello, <laughs> little bit of a banana skin there. You know, you never know. And um, you know, I'm sure. That, I'm sure the the forest lads will get themselves fueled. The uh, the the ground will be rocking, and it's back to what Klopp was saying for me about you know starting quickly because you want to start quickly in this game. Show them who's boss. Show them who's the Premier League team. Show them who's, who the team is who's going for the title, and 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 quieting the crowd because if if Forest get up in any way, then you know we could have problems. I, I think because of that as well on the team, like he, he went. You know, we changed everything almost, didn't he, for Norwich in the FA Cup and you had two different centre-halves and things like that. I'd maybe keep Virgil in me just because, you know, he's that absolute rock. I think if you're coming up against him, you're like, shit, Virgil's there. I think he changes everything around him when he's on the pitch as well. And he doesn't seem to mind just playing loads of minutes because he's just there, isn't he? He's not, it's not like he's sprinting up and down the pitch. He's just at the back going, go on then. Um, so I, I think having, having him there as the rock, Naby as well um, is someone who didn't play any minutes at all at Arsenal, but has looked decent recently, I think. So I think he's another one who doesn't feel too second string, who can come in and be doing a job for us in midfield as well. So I, I think maybe the lineup's a bit more of a mix rather than like 10 changes this time around. How you feeling about it, Cam? Are you going? Are you uh, dipping into the overdraft? Uh, it must be a new, a new ground for a young man like you. Yeah, yeah, new ground. I'm made up, to be honest. It's like it's one of them. Like every round of uh, the cup, I'm always like, oh, like Forest or you know, someone like that, like a proper yeah. old school ground. I can't wait for it. But like the saying there, I think gotta go a bit of, with a bit of experience because if you put out all the kids there. I mean, obviously, I know the professionals and that, but that ground's going to be rocking, isn't it? You just need to go in and just quiet them down as quick as possible. But, yeah, I think what you'll probably do is he's probably going to get them into care with saying, like, look, you can give me minutes on Sunday because we're getting over the line to the international break, aren't we? And then we've got a nice break. But it's just all like all this, like, the game's just coming in thick and fast, aren't they? It's just, why are we, like, you know, Brighton and Arsenal now, like, a new ground on Sunday, we could be going back to Wembley. It's just boss. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a few here, a few comments I'll bring in. Anna Roberts says, definitely want to see a bit of Divock and Tacky Sunday, a bit of Harvey Elliott. I haven't even thought about Harvey. It just shows I was thinking about Keiter and, and Curtis, who, who uh, obviously Jones came on uh, last night. Keiter's not involved, but has played really well. Uh, but yeah, Harvey Elliott, yeah, another, another sort of fantastic option. Uh, Joe Gomez mentioned there, lots of lads who are more than capable of getting the job done, well rested and time to prep. Yeah, it'll be interesting uh, if he says, if he, if he goes sort of in, in a similar way. Um, so 
everyone else there. Uh, is I'm saying we'll, we'll play a strong side because it's the quarters, uh, which you know is also a thing to think about. It's one game from Wembley again, Emma. Do you know what I mean? We've only just been down there. Uh, I think I've, I think I left a couple of things. I could maybe pick them up. Do you know what I mean? It's back to Anfield South days, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And Klopp's, you know, Klopp's spoken about this. He said, you know, there's there's not that many games until you can get to Wembley again. So it is it is important. It's it's a cup final. It's a massive cup final. Uh, sorry, cup quarter final. Yeah. Uh, it's a massive game. It's against you know a team banging form. So I, I I think he has to go strong. Yeah, for me, like I say, I'd I'd probably make three or four changes. But I 100% agree with Gareth. I'd keep I'd keep probably uh, Virgil in, maybe Robbo. Um, I'd have one of the front three in. Um, so I'd have like either Jota, Diaz, Firmino, and then I think Salah will start anyway. Um, and then probably yeah, Divock and Taki maybe. Um, and then yeah, midfielders. It's. I mean, they're all first teamers these days, aren't they? So, um, any of them really? I'd be, t- be tempted yeah. to pick one of Fabinho and Henderson. I think Emma just yeah. for that sort of solidity in front of the box, because you know, mention some of those, you know, players like Curtis Jones, Kaita, Elliot. You'd back any two of those three to 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 play well and shine if they had a Fab or, or a Hendo behind them. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I I agree with that, and I think Forrest just to you know kill that maybe that first 45 minutes where Forrest will be wanting to come out. And as Gareth says, the crowd's going to be right on their, on their side. So just having someone like Fabinho maybe probably is, would, would be my choice just to put in some big tackles early on and sort of quiet them down and um, yeah, mop things up. And then what, once you've got a bit of a base, then you can maybe switch things around in the second half. Yeah, I think what we're all talking about here is, is showing the golfing class early. So yeah. so we know, Gareth, that we're a better team than them. And they know that as well. But there's, there's no in it. But thinking, well, you know, it's 11 v 11. But if we can go on the pitch straight away and, and show what we're about and, and the quality that we've got, you know, suddenly the players are thinking, oh, I'll just, you know, let's keep this to two and three and we'll all fight over who's getting most Salah's shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what what I've liked about about watching Forrest so far it, it, in the Cup, I've not watched them in the league, but I've watched the Cup games, it, it, is the heart, the spirit, some of the stuff that we talked about, about Liverpool, really. So I would expect them to have a go. I would. I, I don't think they're going to sit back and just try and take the sting out the game and all that kind of thing. They're, they're going to try and embrace the fact that the ground will be rocking, the fact that they do think they're a big club and deserve to be in games like this. All of that coming together, a six o'clock kickoff as well, under the lights-ish. Um, so I, I, I think they'll try and have a go early doors. And, you know, that Jed Spence, who we were talking about before, he scored a fantastic goal in the week. You know, he was brilliant against Arsenal. So we've got to watch him. You know, he, he's there their version of Trent if you like uh, oldie Trent um, but you know he's lo- he's looked decent he could cause us problems and it, it'd, be, it'd be really interesting to see what side there is I think some of it will come down to what Emma's talking about about the sort of the sport science of it almost in that you know they'd be having a good look at them in Kirby and saying well you can go again you, you need a bit of a rest I mean you'd be surprised to see like Robbo wouldn't you because like he put absolutely everything into Arsenal and looked goosed in that interview afterwards so you know, I'm not sure where Simicas is at because he's had. He seems to be in out. He was out recently, wasn't he? But see where that's at. We've not had the press conferences yet, so we've not had the updates. Right, that was interesting. <laughs> we had a few uh, technical issues there. That's the thing with live streaming. It sounds like a fantastic idea, but when the internet literally disappears, uh, you have a few problems. Um, so apologies uh, for that, but. There's more to come. Uh, it's absolutely brilliant. Uh, we've enjoyed ourselves today. We're enjoying the Reds. We enjoyed last night. We're going to enjoy Sunday. Here's back to the show. I think someone's there. Uh, I think the, uh, the cleaners unplugged his studio, Mac, uh, in my island. <laughs> so it's just one of them, innit? But no, me and Cam were talking before the show. 
And tell by my voice, I've had a couple last night. We got in. I got in about four o'clock. What time did you get in? Half four. Half four. The bus dragged Every, into my train, Matthews. Everyone. How did you find the concourse at half time? It was weird, wasn't it? Yeah, I like, thought... not, not like, like dead nervous, but just like a little bit like, what's going to happen now? Yeah, I thought. Yeah, I thought it was a bit. Everyone's getting nervous, but like I said at the start, it's that stage of the season, isn't it? Where everyone's just a bit like, you know, there wasn't really, it wasn't really like bouncing or anything. Everyone was just a bit like, oh, let's just like try and get a goal. And then compared to at the end, it was just bossed up. But um, no, nah, it, was, it, was, it was, but as you said, that's this stage of the season, it's going to happen, isn't it? Everyone's going to be nervous. But like as Virgil said the other day, we all just got to embrace it now. Yeah, yeah. see, I, I, I felt, I mean, I don't know what it was, because I was behind the goal, you were on the side. I yeah. think we were a little bit more... It was one of them games. If if it was at home watching it on the telly, I would have been I would have been having kittens. But it wasn't that bad in the ground. But even then, I think on the pitch they were much calmer than what we were, and they weren't anyway. Yeah, I did never look. Did never look fraught, and I loved the um, the reaction to uh, Allison save because it was just kind of like there was no recriminations. It was just like right, it's done. Just get on with it. Do you know what I mean? Just just yeah. just carry on. And then the majority of that shows. I think we scored about two minutes later, don't we? Like two or three minutes later, the goal comes. Yeah, and um, what do you reckon? I've only seen it back this morning. At, at, you know what? I reckon Ramsdale could have done better with both of them. You know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know what you mean. But like that, as I said, like we were saying just before the show, like that Firmino goal, like the skill. He's probably not expecting him to do that. Obviously, as I said, like you were saying before, it's basically like a back heel, weren't it? But yeah, I mean, Ram, he's a weird one that Ramsdale. When he first got him, I was I was a bit like I I just went into him at all. I thought he was that, but he's grew on me a bit. I think he's a good keeper. He, lo- he loves a camera save, Dom Cam. He loves it, loves yeah. a camera save. Yeah. Loves swapping the arms around a little bit for me, anyway. But yeah. you know, <clears throat> I think um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, look, I think he's good. He's athletic. He's agile and all that. But I would, I, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say them like in a million years for what we've got. Yeah. Um, I mean, I probably wouldn't even say them for, for Gallagher. And maybe that is me being a little bit biased. But it shows that you know the, the, the strength and depth that, that, that we've got all over all over the pitch now. Yeah, I know, I know. It's a weird one with Keller, isn't it? Because obviously Allison is, you know, he's the best keeper in the world for me. It, it's, I always think like if Keller was to go, like who do you need like go to in the Premier League? Like you say, you say he's top six. Um, you know what? I, did? I think it's a weird one. I think with the with the keepers and that, it's like unless you're exceptional, they're just mm. much of a muchness. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I, I, he's definitely Premier League level. So if he was starting week in week out, for I don't know. Even my stamp. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't think I don't think you could argue with that. I, I, I think Fabianski's all right. Um, yeah. Again, apologies for anyone just tuning in. We are trying to get people back online. Um, it's just that we're having we're having a, a few technical gremlins, so to speak. So I'm going to the proper microphone in. Uh, it was wet yesterday, wasn't it? Fucking hell. Yeah, I know it was horrible. <clears> really. <throat> I was so right through, but uh, I didn't help that we got there two hours before kickoff as well. We're normally there just like right on kickoff, but we were there right early, so we were like looking for cover in there. I uh, yeah. didn't really dress appropriately, to be honest. So, <laughs> and the, the, the wind brought a match match, but the wind was blowing the rain under the sand as well, yeah. which, which didn't help where, where, where we were. Like it was like you think you're all right, and then just starts blowing a little bit. And you get so yeah. one of them. I had to um, had a little laugh the other day with um, Bernardo Silva's interview after the 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 other day. Liverpool weren't even mentioned. I don't know this has been picked up in the discourse and that, but it took about ten seconds to mention Liverpool. Yeah. And you get the sense that, you know, all right, we, we, we appreciate how good City are. But it appears that, <clears throat> you know, they're, they're pretty nervous about us. 
And it, yeah. well, I'm, I'm just curious whether that's going to change now because the pressure's kind of been off us because we've been playing catch up and whatever. And now it's pretty much neck and neck. You know, yeah. I, 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 I just what if I ever could wish for anything in all this, it'd just be to not get nervous. The crowd more than anything. The crowd, yeah. I think that doesn't have to transmit that. I think it transmits more down than you know. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, it's quite lucky that some of the home games got left. It's the Derby and United, so I don't think there's going to be a nervous. <clears throat> it's going to be off. It's going to be rocking, isn't it? But it's your Watford that half twelve. Do you know what I mean? It's good. Like, right, here we go. Houston, we go. can you hear me? I've been having my one-man show here getting asked what crisp are like and everything, so we need to do it. <laughs> Fucking brilliant, Cam. We'll leave all that in. Listen, we need to get out because game, because uh, Neil needs to get in and do some calls, but just to finish. Um, so basically, Gareth, it's, it's a big game. It's a big end to the season. Someone made a comment before saying it feels like it's going to be special. It's all there for them, isn't it? And another piece of that is on Sunday. So let's win. Let's get another Wembley semi-final. Let's get another step to all these cups. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, Klopp said that uh, momentum is a flower, easily trampled, and we don't want it trampled on Sunday. So whatever you think of the FA Cup, uh, the importance of it and all that, now is not the time. We're in the quarters. This is the furthest we've gone on the Klopp. Now we want to go all the way, win the, put it in the, put it in the cabinet and have a boss trophy parade at the end of the season with the Premier League, the European Cup, the FA Cup, the League Cup, the other Premier League that, that we never got to have a parade for. Imagine it. Imagine the party in the city. Imagine how it go off that we finally properly get to celebrate big, big cups. And this is another step of that journey. So let's beat them. Let's beat Forrest. Let's say ta duck to everyone in Nottingham. <laughs> See, that was worth waiting for, wasn't it? Wasn't that good? We're going to trample all over their flowers. We're coming to Nottingham. We're going to jump all over the forest, trample on everything, up their heads. Nice one to camp for doing 10 minutes on his own. Nice one. (laughs) See you in a bit.